Hello, friends. This is Michael from Hannigan Media, and I am in the courtroom with County Judge Wade McKinney. Um, this is our Thanksgiving Eve podcast. How you doing today, That's Judge? Right, I'm doing well. I'm ready for tomorrow. Yeah. All right. So um, you already told me you get a little different this year. A little different. A little we're, smaller gatherings. A little smaller gatherings. We're doing the same thing. We're a little smaller. In fact, I told you we got in multiple Thanksgivings. Yes. In order to get everybody in, but uh, not have too many people at one time, and try and follow some of those things because. Man, every time I talk to you, the COVID numbers have gone up again. I know. I'm getting, I'm getting kind of tired of that. You know, every time we talk about it here, yeah. it goes a little higher. And so what we need to talk about today, <laughs> and it's really important for people, this is not your um, every week the COVID is going up podcast. There is a very important yes. um, trigger that's been met. And we really need to talk about that today. And it, and so where we are, as you know, uh, Judge, we always talk about hospitalizations. Hospitalizations, yes. Uh, it is the metric that the state has tied all the reopenings to. And if you, if that number runs up where you break over 15% of your available beds, uh, if you have seven days in a row of over 15% of your capacity, the reopening sanctions come back into effect where we go from 75% down to 50%. All right. And so the reason that it's all tied to hospitalizations is because, and we've, we've all kind of admitted this to ourselves now, sometimes the other metrics can be a little tricky to get a hold of, uh, especially on a daily basis. Right. Things like how many people are actually infected how many tests there were, how many recoveries there were, how many, how many new infections, new cases. Sometimes those can be a little hard to get a hold of. However, hospitalizations are tracked very well. They relate to real people who really have COVID-19, are sick enough to be in the hospital. Right. And so uh, you and I long ago tracked how we thought about what was going on in the county by hospitalizations. The, the uh, governor in October issued an order, mm -hmm. um, which we were quite happy with because uh, yeah. we felt like... Hey, they're listening to us. They're listening yeah. to us. Um, but it tied, like you said, it tied to now yesterday, for the first time, hospitalizations in our trauma service area... We'll tell you what that is in just a second. <laughs> Our trauma service area broke 400 for the first time, 428, I believe. That's right, 428, and that carried us over the 15% capacity for the first time. Okay, I want to really get into the 15% yes. because that's what this is all about, this podcast, is that 15% number that will have a could have a huge effect on Henderson County. Now, let's, let's step back a second. Because I, I get asked about this every single time. The trauma service area, the state breaks up Texas into 22 hospital regions they call trauma service areas. Henderson County is part of the trauma service area that includes Tyler and Longview. It's designated as TSAG. It includes 19 counties and has about 96 
a 960,000 people in it. Right. When we talk about these hospitalizations, we're talking about hospitalizations across that region. Right. And right now, and this is where we really figure this out, 15% of all staffed beds mm -hmm. in our region are currently filled with people suffering from COVID-19. That is correct. The regions, state being broke in 22 regions, um, following the racks, which TSAG can be the Piney Wood rack, uh, whatever you want to name it. It goes as far south in some places below Nacogdoches into Trinity County. So it is a large area. And we have an issue when it comes to we are rural in nature and we feel very comfortable with the fact we have a great hospital here in Athens. We have a great hospital system in Smith County and there's a good hospital in um, Gregg County. And then when you get into Cherokee County, there's Jacksonville. But we are a rural community that by its very nature is limited in its abilities. I mean, we're a little over 2,800 staffed beds currently and of that 428 have COVID-19 patients in them. And it is a limitation in the fact of that under normal circumstances, when you have, a, say, a bad flu season, you know, people are, we have capacity issues then, but we can usually move out. Well, it's getting to the point now where the other regions are full as well. We all know about El Paso, Amarillo, all of those areas. It was South Texas last year, or excuse me, earlier in this uh, pandemic. But when you look across the state with all the TSAs, we've got five now that are breaking the 15%, uh, maybe even six. All the rest of them, except for just a handful, are beginning to push that 15% capacity level. And the issue is, is that a bed here is the same as a bed there when it comes to the 15% across the board. That was why we had always said it's the one thing that translates across the state. So it's becoming more difficult to um, transfer individuals to areas to where there might be some capacity because they're trying to reserve some capacity for their own area. And... So let's talk about now why this 15% number is important. Um, in October, mm -hmm. Governor Abbott issued one of his many executive orders about COVID-19. Yes. And this one specifically was tied to the, that 15% number. Can you tell us what exactly that order was about? Well, no. GA32 is the executive order that tied reopenings to this 15% number. Prior to that, it was 15% of overall patients in the hospital. And um, October 14th, I believe it was, when GA32 came out, it switched it to staffed beds or capacity, as it says in there. And it set that metric as the milestone of determining what is a high-impacted area. And they had to have a metric that could go across the state and be a trigger point to say, oh, okay, well, we're going to have to impose some restrictions. And that's what we're looking at. That 15% number 
Again, as we've said before, if a high hospitalization area for COVID exceeds that 15% for seven consecutive days, the non-essential businesses will have to roll back from 75% capacity to 50% capacity. And that's an economic impact. That That's jobs. That's uh, across the board. So we're talking about um, in the summer, at the near the end of the summer, um, things started to get much better when it came to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, the governor um, loosened some restrictions. I forget what phase it was, right. phase three or whatever. Something. Yeah, it was, but <laughs> they loosened restrictions. They and, did. Uh, and what they, it, the best example is restaurants. I mean, we, we always look at the restaurants. Right. So restaurants were allowed to go from 50% capacity up to 75% capacity. Right. What we're saying is that if our region, TSA-G, mm-hmm. that region, is at 15% for hospitalizations, COVID hospitalizations, for seven consecutive days, that will automatically revert from 75 back to 50. That's right. And it won't change until the region is under 15% for seven consecutive days. That's correct. And it is that metric that has us very concerned is just that additional rolling impact of what can happen, not only with uh, our health and our, our friends and all that, but what it's going to do economically. Right. And the important thing to know, I think, for, for um, our listeners is that the county county government really doesn't have a say in this, does it? We don't. We have no say in it. This is a, the metric is set up by the state so that it can be across the board and um, equitable so that it is a, a genuine decided defense against COVID and how you roll out these restrictions so because you always get the arguments of well what doesn't work you know this works here that doesn't work there this was the standard that they put in place and it's it's there it's been backed up when El Paso um in the let's see they instituted tried to institute some restrictions a few weeks ago and we know El Paso was over 40 percent capacity for a while um, and it was actually taken to court, and it was litigated, and they lost in right. that. They can only do so much, the, and the state is in control. The way that the governor has worded his executive orders mm-hmm. has really taken a lot of the um, control away from not not just the county, but local cities, cities. as well. Right. Um, there, there's, there's little that, that they can do legally. Right. Now they can suggest. They can suggest all day long. They can suggest all day long that you do this, you do that or whatever. And I know in El Paso, um, it got bad enough that they actually instituted a curfew. They did. Um, but as far as, um, some other, type things like uh, mask mandates or mm-hmm. closing businesses or doing those kinds of things, that's really been taken out of your hands. It has. It definitely has. Um, and the state of Texas was set up for so many years because of the regional nature of disasters. 
where that authority to completely react was in the local hands. And given this being a pandemic statewide, nationwide, worldwide, um, the state took control and this is how we will respond. And that's with openings or closing downs. We, we, we are very specific on what we can and cannot do. If the 15% is in place for seven consecutive days, we're, we're moving back. That's right. At that point, the only thing that will be a, make it able to redo the expanded opening mm-hmm. again will be to be under 15% for seven consecutive days. That's right. This is, this is, this is a pure numbers game. There's no leeway. That's exactly Which right. means that over the next few weeks, you're going to see us tracking that number very closely, and you'll see almost a countdown. Yeah. Like, hey, guys, day three at 15%. That's right. You know, we've got this information up on our website at henderson-county.com. Um, up in the bar that runs across the top, the red bar, it says COVID-19 information. If you go to that, it puts you on another page. It says TSA COVID-19 statistics. And right there, we're tracking what the percentage is for each TSA across the state. Uh, it can see there there's a lot of other information there as well, but specifically that 15% on what's happening will be there every day. So now the good thing about this from the business standpoint, because, I mean, I know that there are a lot of businesses out there that are saying, oh, my, we cannot go back to where we were. Right. Um, we're coming into the holidays. They need, I mean, we're, they're hoping for a great holidays to, like, recoup something and stay alive, and mm-hmm. I understand totally. Right. The one thing about that is it's going to take seven consecutive days. If you have four days of 15 then a day of 14, then the clock has to start again. That's the right. The next time we have 15, it's day one. Right. And also, it happens in the reverse as well. So you string to get, say you fall under sanctions, right. and you're there, and you string together six days below, and then it clicks one over the 15. Guess what? You got to restart. You, you, the clock restarts there as well. All right. So this, this is why we wanted to really um, pull this out in this particular podcast, because this is something that's going to affect everyone in Henderson County. Mm-hmm. This 15% as we watch it um, and as we track it, this is tr- tied directly to the economy, to business openings, to what's going on. Beyond the fact that, you know, we've always said that this is a um, way for us to track you know, how sick it, we, right. we liked hospitalizations because it was a great way for us to track exactly how sick people were, you know, because the, the, and it still is when you look at COVID, one of the very weird things about COVID-19, and I'll absolutely admit it, is that some people get it and don't get sick. That's right. Uh, yeah. Especially younger people. Mm-hmm. They get it. They don't get sick. They don't have a single system. Right. Um, and so it's really hard to just look and say, hey, look, 30 new cases. Well, if those 30 new cases were a bunch of teenagers, then you probably don't even have anybody sick. That's but if right. you have 30 cases in a nursing home, we got some danger. We do. You know, uh, 
I have seen the gambit now from individuals that I know personally that have been have contracted it, had little to no symptoms, and this past week I lost a, a friend of mine. You know, you you do not know um, how it's going to affect you. It's you know, with every virus, your genetic makeup, which dictates any underlying morbidities, the whole list of them. You just don't know. It's a lot like playing Russian roulette. So. Um We'll move on now to to that portion of it. I've said um, one of the things I've said is is this is going along is the first wave. Mm -hmm. Everybody was going to know someone who had COVID. The second wave, everybody's going to know somebody who had a hospital stay or died Mm -hmm. because of COVID. Um, Last night, they added another death to our county. Yes. We're up to 57, according to... Um, according to NetHealth, um, and you and I did some really um, m- morbid math yeah, before we, we started the podcast, uh, and I'm not going to get into all the specifics because you know this was there for a second. It looked like you know we were doing geometry and trig <laughs> in here and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, but the bottom line is that when you take even the lowest fatality rates that we're Mm -hmm. seeing and the average number of cases in Henderson County right now, um, according to the seven day rolling average, we came up with at current levels, four to five people will die in Henderson County from COVID-19 this month. That's right. You know, that's that's the numbers. You know, we we talk all the time about how numbers will tell the story. And we looked at it every which way we can on this percentage, that percentage, but there's no getting around that fact that it will claim five to six individuals this month, if not more. Yeah, because that's us using the lowest numbers the lowest we can. Number. That's trying to be as conservative as possible. Right. That's... That's the, that's that's the no. That wasn't really COVID. That was right. something else. Numbers exactly. Yeah. Uh, because the other numbers are even higher. I mean, we've we've said this before. One of the reasons that we like to use hospitalizations now is because we've always had a little bit of trouble. By the way, uh, I want to I want to say right now for for folks who work in places like NetHealth, mm-hmm. um, I don't blame them. They're set up to handle 300 cases per quarter. That's what their norm is. Like 300 cases of disease that they need to report and deal with a quarter. And right now they're getting 6,000. Right. I mean, it's no wonder that they're having trouble keeping up with some of the data. Um, that's right, and the contact tracing is just out the window. Oh yeah, that's you know, come on. It's just the well, time. that's what we say about you know. I and I get questions all the time about um, recoveries, right? And the and the answer is and the truth. And they say how many recoveries do we have and how many people really have COVID in the county right now. And my answer is I don't know. 
Right. Because over the, since um, the end of August, they have been able to report recoveries nine times since August. Right. And what that is is their data dumps. Data I think dumps. the one time in one day we had like 120 recoveries. Yeah. Because they don't have the time, they're working on the other end. They're dealing with deaths. They're dealing with new cases. They're dealing with all these things that they're trying to get the data for. They're trying to, because we had the adjustment in deaths recently because they found out that they weren't getting the information that that were coming in from death certificates that the state was getting. And there is also an added complication that I've heard time and time again that um, some individuals, when they go in to get tested, give a different address. Because oh, yeah. they don't, sure. they don't want that uh, stigma or discussion right. or whatever it comes along in that it even complicates the contact tracing further. So this is where we're at. We're at. Yesterday we hit the highest number. We did four hundred and twenty-eight. That in was thirty-three. A jump. Jump in one day. Thirty-three in the hospital. And, the, and I told you and I talked about it um, off air. It looks like about. Every three days, mm-hmm. there's a spike of between 20-ish. Yes. Now, 33 was high. I think 34 was the highest right. we ever had. I believe so. And yesterday at 33, right there. Um, but every three days, we're, we're leaping up. We are. We are leaping up every three days. Um, and if that continues, the 15% are re- is really going to come into play. So, friends, we are going to be tracking that 15%. You're going to see it on what's happening. You'll be able to find it on the Henderson, uh, Henderson-County-Texas.com. Henderson-County.com. Right. See, I have it saved as a link, so I just <laughs> click the link. It's sort of like your phone, you know. You've, you don't know phone numbers anymore. Right. You just push right. the person's name. Right. Um, but you can find all the information there as well. It's a great spreadsheet that explains all of it. And on the spreadsheet, there's even links that will take you out to the sites where the raw data comes from. Um, bottom line, COVID has jumped up again. Mm-hmm. Last week, we said it was the highest we'd ever been. The week before, we said it's the highest we've ever been. This week, the day before Thanksgiving, we're saying it's the highest we've ever been. That's right. And the only thing that, that we have a defense in is that we, we know that the three things that work, yeah. that, that help. Oh, you're not going to say that word, are you? No, I'm, I'm going to say the big three, and I believe everyone knows, you know, keep six feet of distance, yeah. wash your hands, yeah. and if you can't keep six feet of distance, wear a mask. See, you said the word. I know, you I said know, that four-letter word. You said The four-letter word. Oh, <laughs> you said mask just again. Just the whole podcast. You just, you, oh. Face covering. How's that? Face covering. Folks, oh, my. You know, in, in a time when we, we um, have these trigger words in the world, we have to choose very particular words that are less offensive. But I'm telling you, you now that um, interesting. And now I'm going to go off. You know, look at the time on this thing. Oh, you yeah. Know, let's back up. Let's look back at Memorial Day. Yes. Memorial Day, 30 days before 4th of July. Yeah. Spike, spike. Yeah. Now, here we are. We had Halloween. Yeah. Now we're at November. Thanksgiving, 20-something days. Yeah. Spike. Yeah. What comes up in the next 30 days? 
Christmas? Christmas. Yeah. I'd really like to have a Christmas this year. Yeah. I mean, after a year of 2020 that has been so terrible that no, that none of us really, <clears throat> it will be lived on in lore, um, kind of the year of infamy, if I want to steal a line. Um, if you want to have a Christmas, folks, we got to step up. So, End of story. So, um, yeah, I actually looked. <laughs> I actually looked at the Fourth of July last night, and um, you're 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 exactly right. So, the Fourth of July on the Fourth of July, we had 113 people in the hospital. Twenty days after the Fourth, we had 271. Right. We we went through um, the summer holidays and the opening and Memorial Day and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're up to 400. Yep. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. What are we going to look like in 20 days? Don't know. Don't know. It depends on us. Flat out. <laughs> it, it really is because we have a virus that's transmittable. Folks, take some responsibility for yourself and for your family. And let's uh, try to do a few things that ensures we have a, a Christmas. You know, if, if the situation doesn't mean that you wear a face covering... Because you can keep six foot of difference. Don't wear one. You know? Don't. But, but stand back. Don't stand don't back. don't go into the living room and put fifteen people in the living room with no space and no masks Just, and stuff like that. You, there's there's things you can do. You can do outside. You can you can split up eat Thanksgiving. You can uh, you know hey, each to their own, each in their own house, but come on. Um, we have got to take some responsibility, period. I mean, I, um, I don't know, I guess I ought to stop, but it's to the point where, um, how many times do we bang our head against the wall? Again, um, I said this, it was, it was a subject that came up this week. Um, it's a subject that comes up every day, obviously, but you know, they came up this week in a couple of different situations. and, And the total answer is this, that when it comes to COVID, um, it is like being a basketball referee in a gym. The, every time you blow the whistle, half the gym hates you. Yeah. No matter what you say about COVID in Henderson County, it's right. split. It is split in a way I've never, like, people aren't even as split over Republican Democrat as much right. as they are split over COVID. Exactly, I, it's crazy. I have never seen anything like it in my life. Well, I mean, it comes down to it. Um, it's anything's easy to deny until you're forced to look it square in the eye. I, I don't believe that anymore. I've seen people <laughs> have to square look stuff square right. in the eye well, and deny it. Uh, you know, I'm, we, we have. Wow, and now, now we're going to get in trouble in well, this podcast. We're going to get in trouble in the podcast. I'm from a different time. We, you know, I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do this. I am from a different time and a different era. I'm 50 years old, but my throwback is further than that. It's pretty much common sense. Um, that's my personal belief. If the situation doesn't require a mask, I don't wear a mask. Sure. I try to keep one handy because I, I have got I, into positions where I needed one and didn't have I one. Am with you but it's it's simple math i, I am, it's simple math i am absolutely with you 
So yeah, if <laughs> look, I'm going to leave here and I'm going to walk over to my office. Right. And I will not be wearing a mask as I walk from here to my office because there's going to be nobody around me. I'm going to be outside. It's going to be a beautiful thing. I will not be wearing a mask. We have converted this courtroom. No, in, this, in, into my office. This is basically. now your office. This is now my office yeah. because we have so many meetings. Sure. And everybody can spread out because the communication has yeah. to be direct. No, so absolutely. Because uh, folks, radio doesn't allow you to see how much I wave my hands around <laughs> <laughs> to help give. As like, I said, radio podcast doesn't. It. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same thing. You know, internet so, radio. Um, but yeah, no, I, I yeah, we've we've done every podcast from here. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of the podcast. You are, you literally, folks, you should see it. And I think I've talked to you about it before. The big screen TV that's his uh, screen now. By the way, it's connected to like an 80-year-old laptop. <laughs> laptop. So so those of you who are worried about um, spending county tax dollars, the, the screen is beautiful. You should see the machine running the screen. <laughs> My Corvette's got a flathead oh, yeah. four-cylinder yeah. in it. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It looks like a Corvette, but it's got a Pinto engine. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, but this is this is where everything mm-hmm. happens, because like you said, you know, you, you got to do those kinds of things. And right. if we do those things... That's that's going to be to help. I can't I can't even talk about this anymore. Hey, we're thankful to be where we are. Thankful to be where we are. I mean, and and that is that's what tomorrow is about. We should be thankful every day. But tomorrow brings it to point that be thankful for our family. Be thankful for our country. Be thankful for just being able to go out and breathe the clean air. Yeah. You know, be thankful for what we Amen. have, and especially when we have folks that are going to have an empty chair at the table this year. That'll preach right there. That'll yeah. preach. All right. Before we get out of here, important question. Okay. Last question. Um, Got to ask it. What is it tomorrow that you are looking most forward to eating? My um, chicken and dressing. And I say mine. It's my grandmother's recipe. I um, never make it as well as she did. Um, she had this miraculous pot that I swear you could throw a shoe in. Whatever came out of that pot was delicious. And I continue that tradition making that because Thanksgiving was always my favorite time, my favorite, one of my favorite holidays. Christmas is wonderful, but favorite was because of all the family that could get together and just be family. Sure. You know, and so every time I take a bite of that chicken and dressing, I go back to them. So for me, it's not even Thanksgiving. It's after. It's it's at night, uh, that uh, night, that uh, evening, and the next day when I make the turkey sandwich. Ah, there you go. So you go in and you get the bread and you put the turkey on it, and then you put some stuffing on it, mm-hmm. and then you put some cranberry sauce on it, and then yeah. Now that now there we're talking go. right up go. my alley. Okay. Like, or as we say, in, as we say uh, uh, back east, it's a sandwich. It's a sandwich. sandwich. We, we've been known to call them sandwiches too. Real quick, um, growing up, turkey and dressing. Uh, no, I, I didn't even know what dressing, dressing was, was until I got here. Uh, definitely stuffing, not dressing. Yeah. Well, remember. Um, Part of the reason why um, chicken and dressing is so big here, not because we didn't have any turkeys, it was because we had more chickens. Sure. And that yeah. was no, no. Was I'm used. good with I mean, I'm good with chicken, but I just don't understand the dressing thing. Oh man, it's cornbread South cornbread. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> 
stuffing. Cornbread like, goes good I with saw, everything. I, there was like there, there, uh, the, the dressing I was given when I got down here had like hard-boiled egg in it. Yes, that's a part of it. Yes, no. Yes, <laughs> no. yes, yes, no. yes. You know, you you, you just crum- you just it. crumble it up and scatter no, it. No, I in cannot there. do that. No, no. Listen, you know, you I know don't, what puts I, the glaze over the top no, of it? Come on, come no, on. <laughs> no, no. But I will tell you this: the best part is when you you like take the stuffing, and obviously you get a right. big pan of stuffing on top of the stuffing you actually put in the turkey. Okay. Uh-huh. And then on the very back of the turkey, where the stuffing has come out, it gets really crusty. Right now, that hey, that same way, that same way with dressing. That, yeah, but that no, crunchy. no, no. <laughs> and I really like cornbread. I really like cornbread. But no, no. Look, I can do a whole lot of things that I learned when I came down here. Like biscuits and gravy for breakfast is the best. Sausage you gravy. Mm. Oh, Lord. Um, well, um, folks, next week, follow dressing. us for more cooking tips. Oof. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Hey, have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Judge, you have a great Thanksgiving. You too. And we'll you see you next week. Thanks, Mike.